I'm Jason Evans, and this is Factor 8. Welcome back, everybody. Well, the Infected Blood Inquiry hearings are officially over. I say the hearings are over. I should say witness evidence hearings are over. Of course, we still have the closing submissions to come next year through January and February. But that was the last of the witness evidence. Um, crazy, really, when you think... I don't know. For, for me, it seems like it wasn't even that long ago when the idea of even having a UK-wide official public inquiry seemed basically impossible. And here we are now approaching the end of it. It's it's a very, very strange thing. Um, I was there on Friday for the last day of the inquiry and... Yeah, I think I think there was a feeling amongst people that it was an important point because we have reached the end of of the oral witness evidence hearings. Um, but I guess also a recognition that we're not even close to a point where we walk away and say the campaign is over. That point is still probably, unfortunately, quite far away for um, a number of reasons, some of which I think I'm going to come on to a little bit later. But um, yes, clearly a very important milestone for all of us. Now, I did join the inquiries um, update, the Zoom update meeting that the inquiry did yesterday. And well, on, on the note of what I was just speaking it about I guess that the the line of saying the campaign is over being so far away you know I think I think um there is perhaps not a universal acceptance that you know this this is a hard truth I think to hear for for some but I'm going to say it because I do believe it's the truth and and I think the hard truth unfortunately is that the way things will not play out is that the inquiry issues its final report in the spring or summer of next year and the government promptly implements all of the recommendations in a timely manner without any pressure and without any campaigning. I don't think that will happen. What I think will happen is that the inquiry will make its final report spring, summer-ish next year. And I think the next phase of the fight begins. And that will be the fight for the government to implement the recommendations. And actually, we will be in a slightly... In one way, we'll be in a weaker position. And in another way, we'll be in a stronger position. We'll be in a stronger position because we'll have, hopefully recommendations from the inquiry which are favorable to those impacted by the contaminated blood scandal but we'll be in a weaker position because at least 
my understanding is that once the inquiry has issued its final report, that's the end of the inquiry. You know, there's no more for the for the last, you know, since the inquiry was announced, or at least since the inquiry was established, I should say, we've had a bit of a bit of a lever on government. And that lever has been that if they don't respond to a letter from Sir Brian Langstaff or the inquiry, or if they don't act upon the interim recommendation as as they did this year that the inquiry is there not to hold them to account but almost in a way almost in a way that that there was always the looming threat that if the government didn't act upon a recommendation or didn't respond promptly to something that the inquiry could call them to give evidence in a hearing it could issue them with a Rule 9 request to respond with something. You know, there were there were a number of legal levers the inquiry could pull if needed to force government to respond. My understanding is that once the inquiry has issued its final report, that is gone. And we, I believe, and, and I'd be happy to be wrong about this, um, and maybe the inquiry does stay on in some form after issuing its final report, um, I, I don't know. It certainly hasn't been the case with other inquiries to my knowledge. I'm sure there's some kind of wind down the inquiry needs to do, right? It's not like everyone that's working for the inquiry is un unemployed day one after the report. I don't know. It would be good to get some clarification on that. But assuming that the the kind of levers of power that I've just been speaking about are gone, we are on our own again. In, in a way that maybe is not fully appreciated. Because it's not just that we're on our own without the inquiry. We're also on our own in other ways. Although our legal teams will no doubt continue to provide support and stand by us. I mean, in particular with Collins, you know, they've got these two group legal actions in, in the High Court too. But unless um, there is the prompt introduction of the Sir Robert's compensation framework system, or compensation system, I should just say, um, then legal teams will struggle for funding again because there will be no inquiry. So the landscape that we've been used to for some time, I believe, is going to change a lot. And I think the government will be aware of that. And we're going to have to adapt to that. And we're going to have to fight and campaign. And I know many of you will already know this. You know, the people that follow events every day, the campaigners, the MPs that follow events closely, you know, that they will be aware of this. But there are many people who kind of dip in and out and catch up on things from time to time for various reasons. And I'm not sure there's a full understanding of this fact. The inquiry has been an amazing tool and I think the recommendations it hopefully produces will be an amazing tool. But ultimately, we will wind up on a stage where we're kind of on our own again and the fight continues and the next phase continues. So... 
we got to be ready for it. That's all I'm saying is we need to know that, accept it, and be ready for it. So, yeah, sorry to kick things off uh, a little bit. I don't see it as negative. I just see it as being aware of the reality we are facing so that we can prepare for it, be ready for it, and deal with it when the moment comes. Um, that is all. Now, coming back to the... Um, actual inquiry hearings which concluded on Friday I did think it was worth just dipping back to we had Professor uh, Sir Jonathan Van Tam was the final witness to give evidence I've heard a lot of mixed reaction to be honest um, not for the first time and I heard it again yesterday I heard it last week a number of people kind of felt like they didn't quite get why Van Tam was giving evidence to the inquiry. Isn't he more to do with COVID rather than this? And um, obviously the purpose of the evidence over the last two weeks, um, Sir Brian said it was with a focus on the future. If there are lessons that could be learned and to learn those lessons, you need to hear, I guess, about the current situation or the more recent situation in order to know if lessons already have been learned if things are different now to the way they were in the 70s, 80s, 90s, etc. But although Van Tam's evidence in itself for everyone may not have been the most revealing, um, I did think the ending, the end of his evidence was was something. Let's let's take a little listen to that. Closing remarks. I don't know if that's the now is the moment? It is. Right, okay. So, um, first of all, um, I'd, I'd like to thank you, Sir Brian, for um, asking me to come and appear today, and thank you, Council, for um, your questions. But really, I want to address those of you um, who've, who've been listening. Um, I realise that I've been called into the inquiry to give um, my opinion um, my, my expert advice on the system as I have encountered it in the last few years. And I do realise that the subject of the inquiry is something that you, um, that goes back a long way and that you have all been living with in different ways, shapes and forms for many, many more years than that. My, my thoughts are that I can only really begin to scratch the surface of the deep anguish. There's not many people that have, have and gone into this in the way Van Tam did on Friday. Um, I think it says something about him as a person, honestly. As a result of this incident. And I'm absolutely sure that, as I'm sure you are, that the inquiry can't give you back anything that you've lost and I'm sorry about that but what I hope is that um, the inquiry in all its forms has given you very much a sense of having been heard given you a sense of being able to ask through your teams uh, the questions you have and to an extent possible 
and I realise that won't be complete, at least when it is over and the inquiry is completed, some degree, some degree of closure on this. Um, we all, you know, um, know that we can't go back and live our lives a different way to how we already have done. Um, but we all can make a different ending for ourselves. And I hope that in just some small way, the inquiry will um, help bring about for you a, a better ending than would otherwise have been possible without the inquiry. And I, I think I'll stop there and say thank you for your attention. So that was uh, Van Tam on Friday. And I'm told as well by someone that was in the hearing room. So this is third-hand knowledge. Um, but so Brian asked Van Tam after that if he would like to remain sat in the middle or, or whether he'd like to leave. Um, as as Sir Brian and, and Jenny kind of cl closed down the hearing. And Van Tam on camera indicated that he wanted to leave. Um, and, and it appeared on screen that that's what happened. But I'm told what actually happened is that he didn't leave. He simply um, left the um, where a witness sits and went to sit at the back of the room but stayed to listen to the end. That's what I'm told happened. I wasn't in the hearing room. I was actually in one of our one of the legal rooms at the inquiry during that moment. But that's what I'm told happened. Um, so just a, an interesting... Uh, you know, point for, for people that, that weren't there. Now, after that, um, Jenny Richards KC did go on to explain that the timetable for the closing submissions would shortly be on the inquiry website, and it now is. So we can have a little look through that now. So things will kick back off for the inquiry on Tuesday, the 17th of January. Now, I'm not going to go through this timetable in meticulous detail, but I'll, I'll just touch on what I think are some of the key dates and moments that are coming up in the new year. Um, drawn out of the hat first was our, our legal representation, um, Colin Solicitor's Stephen Snowden KC, instructed by Colin Solicitors, um, will be first up to bat 10 a.m. Tuesday the 17th of January, and that's basically the full day um, from 10 a.m., and that's followed by the Department of Health on, <laughs> the following day on Wednesday the 18th of Jan. So, look, I think it's going to be a obviously a strong and starkly contrasted start next year. Day one, you're going to have... Stephen Snowden, Casey. Day two, you're going to have Eleanor Gray representing the government, the Department of Health. And isn't it going to be interesting to see what line they take in the. I mean, I just don't know where the hell they go with their closing submission. Because if you think back to 2018, the opening hearings, I should have queued up this clip. I haven't, I haven't got it, but I, I remember the wording. If you, if you think back to the opening hearing, September. 2018. I mean, the Department of Health opened with, at best, a lack of candor and at worst, a cover-up. Now, with all the evidence that we've heard over, you know, four or five years, how do they close out? With I, d I just don't get how they close this in a way that isn't just a massively self-inflicted wound. And if they try and just 
BS it, you know, that's going to be obvious to everyone. Like I said, they, they opened with lack of candor. So what are they going to close with? Now, I don't expect them to just fall on their sword, but is there really any other option but to do that? I just, I just don't know. So the rest of that first week, we'll hear from the Haemophilia Society's legal representation. We'll hear from the UKHCDO's legal representation. Uh, we are possibly going to get a closing statement from the Trelaw Trust, which would be interesting, I guess, is the word. Um, it does say possible, though, so that's not confirmed. That's down as a possible um, a possible statement in the first week. The second week, opening with um, the League representation of NHS Blood and Transplant, we hear from Lee Day the following day. We hear also from the Scottish Government's legal representation that week, the Welsh Blood Services legal representation on the Thursday. And then closing that week, we hear from the legal representation of the Northern Ireland Blood Transfusion Service and, and Health Department in, in Northern Ireland. Um, and then in the final week, we will hear from legal representation of the Scottish National Blood Transfusion, so the Scottish National Blood Transfusion Services. We'll hear from uh, Wales on Wednesday, Watkins and Gunn. We will hear on the Thursday from the Scottish legal representation. Uh, then on the last day, Friday in the morning, we hear from um, Sam Stein and then we close out with Jenny Richards, which 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 makes sense. Jenny Richards KC obviously has been the, the lead counsel throughout the inquiry. Um, so it makes it makes sense that we, we close out with that. I, I don't know if we hear from Sir Brian that week at all, like at the very, very end um, I mean, as as far as this goes, as read right now, we we don't. So, um, but I I don't know. You know, I'm curious as to the setup. I did I did um, ask a couple of people about this last week as to what the setup would be, and I, I asked, you know, so is it a case that our league represent, representation, when making our submissions, would stand in the hearing room where Jenny Richards, KC would normally stand addressing Sir Brian. And, and I think it sounds like that is, that is the case. Um, I guess it's the re and the reason why we need to ask the um, question, because it's an interesting point that we've now had, well, we've come to the end of the witness evidence. And in all of that time, we've had no, uh, you know, real attempt by um, any council representing core participants to um to to question a witness it's been it's been entirely pretty much i think there was one one occasion um the inquiries uh council which is why we needed to well why i was curious to know the answer to that but it seems like that will be the case don't know if that will be the same for unrepresented core participants who um may give short uh closing uh submissions as well, or maybe they'll be given the option to sit down if they wish, or, or if they will wish to stand. We'll see. The, the logistics will be interesting. Um, so maybe there will be something said at the end of that by Sir Brian. 
Um, if not, then I guess we then wait for the launch of the final report. Um, and we await details, dates, you know, it's, it, that's, you know, I, I go again, that's probably the number one question that is asked constantly, constantly by everybody. And I want to know the answer myself. When is the launch of the final report? What are the details? I'm sure the inquiry get asked it a lot as well. And I'm sure, um, work is underway to, to, uh, address that. So the big news I guess of the week is Thursday's debate in parliament. We have a Westminster hall debate. Been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. First of all, I want to thank everyone that has helped to encourage MPs to get involved with this debate, to attend this debate, or if they can't attend to raise um, the relevant points with the minister beforehand. I'm guessing it's going to be the paymaster, Jeremy Quinn, who is um, there on the day. I, I would hope so. Um, we shall see. So Westminster Hall debate, this isn't going to be in the Commons main chamber, you know, with the, the big green uh, chairs. This is going to be in the, the slightly um, less, slightly less impressive room, I suppose, which is going to hinder media coverage a little bit. Um, but we're certainly going to do our best. But yes, thanks again to everyone. You know, we we uh, put together the Factor 8 briefing and templates and circulated those to everyone on social media and via, uh, via the mailing list, etc. And over 100 of you actually wrote to us to confirm that you had sent the the template or alterations or versions of it with, with um, those points or your points to your MP, which is really, really good. So hopefully we'll get um, a fairly decent turnout. Now, you can at least attempt to attend uh, this this uh, debate. Mem- members of the public are entitled to um, to to try at least to to um, see these debates in person. Space pending. That's that's the only thing. Space pending. I, I know. A number of people that have said uh, already they definitely are going. Originally, I, I, I was thinking about going myself, but honestly, um, I think I'm just going to be more useful behind a computer on the day, to be honest with you, being able to get bits of information to MPs or whoever in the heat of the moment, trying to drum up the press and segmenting out video clips, etc. And yeah, I think I'll be more useful in front of a computer. So I'd love to be there on Thursday, um, but I won't be there in person, but uh, I will be behind the computer watching very closely and and doing what I can to help capitalise on the debate. I'm not expecting uh, uh, any, you know, serious revelations tomorrow. If any, you know, MP manages to get one, fair play to them. Um, But, you know, we, we can anticipate what the lines are and I hope MPs will anticipate the answers in their questions that we know are coming. For example, we don't wish to prejudge the findings of the inquiry. For example, this was a first step and there's more to do. I'd imagine we're going to hear words to that effect a lot. You know, and it's it's funny, isn't it, that through the inquiry, we've seen all this evidence where you see, you know, the lines to take if pressed all points and all, all that sort of stuff and that's what the minister will be arriving with tomorrow the lines to take the if pressed 
Um, it's it's like Inception. It's like Scandal Inception <laughs> almost. But um, yeah, so that kicks off 1.30 p.m. on Thursday. You can watch it live online on the, the Parliament uh, website. We, we've posted the links out the other day on social media. We'll circulate them again a couple times um, on the day, on the morning and shortly before. Um, and we'll get those out on the mailing list as well. So look out for those links. Uh, post them up on the website as well, I guess. So you'll be able to watch the debate live, whether you are in there in person uh, or or not. If it's easy for people to get there and you can and you want to, I, I would fully encourage you to go and attend the debate. Always good, you know, to be there in person for them to see the faces of the people at the heart of this um, and, and for networking. You know, there's often when you go, you go to, to Parliament, um, as many of us have many times, you, you have that opportunity to connect with MPs, to speak with MPs. And, and, and there's a huge difference, as, as I'm sure many of you will have known that have connected with your MP at surgeries or, or anywhere else, that when they can see the face behind the email, behind the letter, hear the voice, it makes a big difference and, and, and um, a lot of the time a much stronger connection than you're ever going to get from emails, letters and social media. Although I do still encourage you to do all of those things, of course. So we will keep you posted on Thursday. And, and obviously, I'd imagine the, the next podcast that we do is going to be very much focused on what was said in that debate. So we shall be listening uh, very closely. Now, something um, slightly different that I, I did want to mention today um, that I've been wanting to speak about for a while actually is um, some some time ago it was mentioned to me by Eileen hello Eileen if you're listening she doesn't know I'm going to mention her name today um, but Eileen had said to me a number of times uh, there's this film called Worth on Netflix with Michael Keaton and she said you should watch it it's it's like us it's just like us and um, it was one of those things where you make a mental note but you kind of never get round to it but eventually uh, one evening I did I went on Netflix it's on Netflix and I watched this film and she was totally totally right just uh, just take a listen in New York and D.C. reverberate across the entire nation. What we're facing is a national emergency. We are proposing the Treasury Fund offering compensation to the victims. Ken, we'll have to negotiate all settlements. The victims and their families will be compensated based on economic value loss. That's where the formula comes in. 80%. Any fewer come aboard, the lawsuits that result could crater the economy. payment for everybody. My daughters were just as much as anybody in a corner office. My wife died that day, and everything about this formula offends me. Sorry to hear that. But we can't bend the rules for every case. Why not? Congress gives you broad discretion. But when 7,000 citizens ask you not to be treated like some numbers on a spreadsheet, you act like that law came down from Sinai. I know the rules. State law says we were nothing to each other. But I'm the one he called before the end. I have to 
to be the man that he was. She's the one who called the tower on the radio. Mommy's not coming home. He called me when they were trapped there. It takes a parent to know that feeling. Beautiful boy. You make sure that they get what they need. This is the latest, huh? It's not enough. Throw out your formula. Because it's not perfect. No. Because it's not just. We have to fight for the left behind. We can't bring them back, but we can help their loved ones. You're not a rabbi or a priest. You're a lawyer. And that's exactly what these people need right now. What would your life be worth? You're just trying to win. I'm trying to make things right. So that is worth on Netflix. Definitely recommend uh, watching that if and when you get the time. Um, I don't want to give away the spoilers, but uh, as you may have gathered from the trailer, it's about the 9-11 compensation scheme uh, that, that, that was established in the US, uh, obviously following September the 11th. And uh, a really important point is that Sir Robert Francis referred to the 9-11 compensation scheme in his framework document multiple times and throughout the uh, the consultation process that we had i did wonder if maybe sir robert had 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 seen this film as well i've i've no idea if he if he has or had or not um but yeah definitely recommend it uh, worth on netflix so look we're going to leave it there good luck to us all for thursday of course um We'll see where we go. And, and and just to stress again, it's still not too late. If you haven't already contacted your MP to try and get them there for Thursday, please do. It's super easy to do. If you um, don't know the contact details for your MP, uh, the, the email address or, or, or whatever, you can, you can find them online on the Parliament website or also another website that's quite good is uh, writetothem.com which lets you do everything on, on one website, which is pretty good as well. So it's not too late. Um, if you have written to your MP, but you haven't received a response yet, don't panic. They have busy mailboxes. They get a lot of correspondence every day on many, many issues. Um, and obviously it's not necessarily the MP that opens the emails. Well, in fact, it's not the MP that opens the emails. It's it's their researchers and assistants and, and it takes time for them to filter out, you know, stuff and get it to the right place. Anyway, long and short of it is if you have contacted your MP and you haven't received a response yet, I would encourage you to contact them again, chasing them, maybe put urgent in the subject line. That often helps as well. And stress the fact you want them to attend this debate, the infected blood debate in Westminster Hall on Thursday this week, 1.30pm and raise those points um, that are on the Factor 8 website. You'll find the briefing on the Factor 8 website. Good luck to us all. Thank you to everyone for pushing this. It is a community effort. All of us combined will win this fight. And we shall see you next time. I'm Jason Evans, and this is Factor 8. Factor 8.